Good morning, Arbor. Good to see you all. Glad to be back up here meeting with all of you. It's good to see people back in the chairs. Welcome. Here we are in August. Can you believe it already? Wow. You know, I feel like I just checked out of school at the end of June. What did happen? Okay. What'd they do? Brian Cobley. I guess I didn't march him up a mountain hard enough this past week. Me and Pete tried to pound him into the ground going up this mountain, but we, we survived it. Um, he thinks he's comedian. You know, the only reason we have a bouncy house next week is for Brian. <laughs> so if you put your children in there, just know it will turn into WWF wrestling because it's about the only thing Brian can beat down these days. His legs are a bit shaky, but the bouncy house gets him some good elevation and he can relive his glory days of his childhood. So I love that guy, man. We had a blast. Him, me and Pete climbed up to the mountains this weekend. We had a wonderful time getting away. Um, you know, we've all been doing that this summer, right? We're coming out of this pandemic. Life's been crazy, chaotic. Um, we've been overwhelmed. There's been heavy sadness. We've lost some people in our lives. We've walked through a lot. And we came into the summer, I think, feeling like, can we get some relief? I took a trip to, for almost three weeks to Montana and Wyoming and Idaho. And let me tell you, it was crowded. People were out and about everywhere. I didn't even try to go through my favorite corner of the world, which is Yellowstone, because you had to have a pass days in advance to get in. At one point, I was watching the news out there in Montana. The lines were three miles long outside the gates. There's one gate I love to go through outside of Mammoth in the Gardener, and it was backed all the way up through Gardener up the valley, and people got stuck in the park for five hours because traffic would not move. Um, it just was crazy busy out there because every Everybody's trying to get away. Everybody's trying to just get back out there and find some kind of solace and retreat and connection just to kind of breathe deep and let everything unwind. Because it's been crazy tough. And even, even though we've been around, all right, busyness before, and you'd think coming through this pandemic and having been to stay at home and with our family, which I know that can get exhausting in and of its own. We love our families, right? But 24-7, seven, seven days a week, come on, enough already. And we all got to that point and we think that maybe we value, and I hear people talking about how I learned again on the importance of less is more. And it's okay to just be quietly at home. And it's okay to be with just a few people rather than a lot. And I have found, though, that coming out of it, doesn't it seem like we're right back to that same frenetic, chaotic, up-tempo pace? And man, we get tired again so quickly. And we live in this 21st century where we're bombarded with everything. It reminds me of a quote from the 1600s by a guy, by a guy named Blaise Pascal. Um, he was a mathematician, a philosopher, and he said, and this is the 1600s, all of humanity's problems stem from man's inability to sit quietly in a room alone. Wow, cool. In the 1600s. Notice he said the problem isn't sitting alone in a room, but sitting quietly alone in a room. We sit alone in a room with our Netflix, our YouTube, our TikTok, whatever it is we're doing. But I feel that we've lost the art of being quiet. You know that solitude 
that sometimes we need for our souls. And while we may have been alone a lot throughout this pandemic, were we truly quiet? Did we find any solitude? No, because there's still the stress of everything that's going on in our lives. I feel now more than ever, we need to see what we can learn from Jesus about this idea of solitude for our soul. Because even Jesus, as the Son of God, knowing clearly his ministry, had to find time for solitude. And so what I want to do today is I want to look at a pattern I see in Jesus' life and ministry that he tried to teach his disciples and for us today. And it's this. Retreat with Jesus. Restore with God. Return with purpose. Let me say that again. Retreat with Jesus, restore with God, return with purpose. Throughout Jesus' ministry, he modeled a life of practice and retreating to a quiet place. Restoring his soul or returning to his father's work. And I want to look more at how we can practice that in our own life. So we're going to do this by looking at a passage out of my favorite um, apostle, my favorite um, gospel, and that's Mark. I love the book of Mark. It's quick, it's fast-paced. If you sit down, you can read it in an hour, an hour and a half. And everything about Mark is like immediately or just now or right away. It just keeps moving forward quickly. So it works for me. I really enjoy it. And Mark is writing because it's being dictated to him by Peter. But the story that we're going to look at here is centered around three very significant events that just happened in this chapter, all right? Um, first, he sends his disciples out. He sends the 12 disciples out to do healing and miracles and driving out demons, and they go out and they have this experience, experiential spiritual high of all these miracles they're doing, and they're returning to Jesus. At about that same time, they get the news that John the Baptist has been killed by Herod which is Jesus' cousin, the prophet, all right, saying that he is the Messiah. And in the midst of that grief, they try to get away and the crowds follow them up onto a mountain and then the miracle of feeding the 5,000 with five loaves and two fish occur. It's around these events that we're going to look at this story. And you need to know that because even in Jesus' life, he understood that we just can't get away sometimes, especially when we need that solitude. But he does it. And we're going to look at this today. So let's go to Mark chapter 6, verse 30 through 34. But first, let me just say a quick prayer. God, I pray as always that you would move me out of the way. I got a lot of notes here, but you got something more important to say. I pray that you'd continue to use me and have me be a vessel for your message, Lord. Please give us ears that want to hear, hearts that want to listen, then feet and hands that want to go do what it is we've learned. In Jesus' name, amen. Mark 6, we're going to pick it up in verse 30. The apostles gathered around Jesus and reported to him all they had done and taught. Remember, they just come back from this trip. They're on that camp high. Oh my gosh, you can't imagine what happened. It was amazing. I did this and then this one woman came to me and I had to heal her. And this other guy, they're sure, well, I want to share Jesus. All these great stories. Then, because so many people were coming and going, they did not even have a chance to eat. He said to them, have you ever been there? You're trying to get things done. You're trying to meet with somebody. You just want to have a quiet moment, a great conversation, and things are just chaotic. But look at this statement Jesus says. He said to them, come with me by yourselves to a quiet place and get some rest. I want you to underline that verse. I want you to mark it, highlight it on your phone, whatever you're doing. Come with me to a quiet place and get some rest. 
to hear that invitation is given his disciples, he recognizes they need something in that moment. So they went away by themselves in a boat to a solitary place. They got away. But many who saw them leaving recognized them and ran on foot towards the towns and got there ahead of them. When Jesus landed and saw a large crowd, he had compassion on them because they were like sheep without a shepherd. So he began teaching them many things. And this is where the miracle of the feeding the 5,000 happens because he teaches it gets to be late at night. The disciples say we need to, they need to go home. They can't go home. It's too far to walk and they haven't eaten. Jesus says feed them. We don't have any food to feed them. What do we have? He turns five loaves and two fish to feed the 5,000 and baskets full of food left over for the disciples who also had nothing to eat. And after that miracle and the crowds have been fed, we jump to verse 45. Immediately, Jesus made his disciples get in the boat and go on ahead of him to Bethsaida. While he dismissed the crowd, after leaving them, he went up on a mountainside to pray. Jesus himself not only modeled for his disciples, you need to retreat and get some solitude. I'm now going to tell you a second time, go ahead of me for some quiet time. I'm going to go up here and get my own retreat. So again, we see Jesus repeating this pattern of retreat with Jesus, restore with God, return with a purpose. So I want to go through each one of those today, retreat, restore, return, and see what we can garner out of this little pattern that God has created that I think is very relevant for us today. So when you think of the word retreat, what comes to mind for you? What conjures up? For me, I immediately think of the military and the idea that they're losing a battle, they're losing a war, and the general sounds a signal to retreat, to withdraw, to pull, it, pull his troops back. And then he or she gathers with their team and figure out what can we do differently. It also conjures up for me that silly thing, run away, run away, if any of you know what I'm talking about there. Cows are being launched over the castle. All right, there you go. But the shrubbery, all right? But the idea is that sometimes in a battle we need to retreat. We need to withdraw. We need to go away because the losses that we're getting are too heavy to manage. However, a retreat can also be a place of privacy and safety from danger and difficult distress. I think of the mountain retreats that I've been to. The places you can go and just experience quiet and solitude. And maybe you've been to places like that too, along the beach, all right? Up in the woods, woods area, the woods is, 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 all right? Out along anywhere you can go that you think is beautiful and quiet, it's a safe place to retreat. Maybe it's out in wine country and that Chardonnay helps. Whatever it is that we can go to to get away, oftentimes retreat is just a quiet place for us to recollect our thoughts and our perspectives, Retreat is not always a negative connotation. Oftentimes we have to retreat like the leaders had to retreat to lose a battle to win the war. They understand the idea that we need to rest and heal up. We need to re-strategize. We need to refocus what our mission is here. Perhaps we were getting off track and we need to get back on track. Maybe I've lost my sight of what it is we're supposed to be doing and I need to recapture that. If you look back, at verse 31, Jesus says, Then because so many people were coming and going, they did not even have a chance to eat, he said to them, Come with me by yourselves to a quiet place and get some rest. I feel in our society today, we don't give ourselves proper rest. We don't give ourselves the time with God to renew that we need. We don't retreat in a way that he would like us to. 
Have you ever felt so busy, so overwhelmed, so stressed out that you can't even find time to go to the bathroom? You know what I'm, taking, I'm talking about? You're so busy taking care of everybody else. I remember when I was a, you know, when my kids were younger and I'm a dad and you get home and you're trying to make dinner, you're trying to get them off to sports and we had dinner in the car so many nights I can't remember how we didn't do it sometimes. And we're running here, we're running there, we're getting home, you're helping with homework, you're solving problems, you're stopping fights and by about nine o'clock all you're looking forward to is can everybody just go to bed? And you get everybody tucked in, you tell some stories, you have some laughs, you have some pillow fights, whatever it is, brush your teeth, go to the bathroom, get in bed, eyes closed, prayer said, everything's done. I go back downstairs, I take a deep breath, I sit down on the couch, I grab the remote and I do my getaway, which is sports center. And I just get settled into the couch and I'm sitting down to watch sports center and I'm just getting calm and all of a sudden I hear from upstairs, dad. It's my youngest. God bless her. She's right here. <laughs> Abby's up in bed. Dad. And inside I'm like. <laughs> and I try to say in my most fatherly loving voice. What? <laughs> Dad. What? Can I have a cheese stick? <laughs> a cheese stick. I don't know what it is about my youngest daughter wanting a cheese stick. I'm like, you could have brought one up with you when we went to bed. You could have had one before bed. I'll put a whole pack of them next to your bed and you can eat them throughout the night. Why do you wait till everything's quiet, I'm calmed down, tucked in, and you're like, dad, can I have a cheese stick? So I would be the loving dad. I'd get a cheese stick and I'd throw it up the stairs. No, I would not. Well, maybe once or twice. I'd walk it up, give her the cheese stick, all right? She'd eat her cheese stick, and weeks later, we'd crab all the wrappers out of her bed. How many cheese stick moments do we have in our life? You know what I'm talking about? And it's just like, can I just stop and get away? Can I just rest? So let's clarify some things here. I'm not talking about me time. This idea of me time has become very popular and trendy these days. In case you haven't heard of it, I know what it is very well. Me time is making time for just you. Not couple time or time with kids or husband or wife or partners or friends. It's just relaxing and enjoying time with yourself. This can be as little as a five-minute break a few hours, a day away, a weekend, it's time for just you. And there's absolutely nothing wrong with that. In fact, research has shown how powerful it is to get a little bit of me time to reflect, just take some deep breaths, get away, and recharge yourself. We need to do that. That's not what I'm talking about here. What I'm talking about here is the fact that if we see ourselves as mom and dads, as electricians, software engineers, teachers, lawyers, real estate agents, a cashier, whatever it is we do, if we see our role in life as living and loving as Christ, we are not going to be able to maintain that in our lives because there's an enemy out there fighting against us. We need to be able to find the time to really retreat in the way that God wants us to do. I want to center our thinking on retreat today around the belief that we are retreating to reconnect and renew our souls with God. On our own, we cannot do this. Paul reminds us in Ephesians chapter 6, 12, he says, For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly world. Satan roams around looking for opportunities to get you exhausted, isolated, alone, and then he's going to knock you down. 
And if we don't recognize that we can't win this on our own, then we're going to just keep trying to fill us up with our own me time. We can't fill up our own needs with ourselves because we ourselves are depleted. We don't have enough of what it takes. It's like putting the wrong gasoline in the wrong tank. I did that once. I was driving my friend's diesel truck, pulled over to fill it up, filled the whole tank up with unleaded gas. Started driving down the road, and about 10 minutes down the road, all of a sudden, this light comes on. Poof, you're an idiot. Freaked out, pulled over. We had to drain the tank, put diesel in it. Fortunately, everything was pretty good. We had to change a couple injectors, and we were good to go. But if you put the wrong fuel into yourself, which is by yourself, for yourself, you're not going to get out of it what God really wants you to get out of it. This is why we as believers need to retreat with Jesus. We cannot do this on our own. Even Jesus recognized the need to retreat to his father to get restored by his father. Look again in Mark 6, 45 through 46. Immediately, Jesus made his disciples to go to the boat to go ahead of him to Bethsaida while he dismissed them. After that, leaving them, he went up on a mountainside to pray. He retreats by himself first so he can then go minister to his disciples next to be who he needs to be to the crowds and the people. Whatever your role is in life, whatever it is your calling is in life as a mom, a dad, a teacher, whatever, you put, whatever it is, and you're trying to do that with Christ-like love and living in his power, you got to tap into his power. I know we have our daily time with God. We do these daily things, but there's also times when there's time for retreat to really just have solitude and quiet to ourselves with our Father. That's the retreat I'm talking about. To retreat as believers is to recognize the need to withdraw because we cannot continue in our own effort to be effective. It acknowledges the need to find peace and quiet with our Father. For what? We retreat so we can be restored. We retreat with Jesus, restore with God, return with purpose. But first we have to understand we need to retreat. Restore means to give back, to return, to put something back to the way that it was, to reinstate. I tried to find several words that maybe would be different than restore that would work with my creative alliterations today and my little sayings that I'm using. So I had a few more on here that it looked like. And if you don't like the word restore, maybe it carries a different connotation to you. You can use one of these words instead. So there's the idea of renew. This implies a restoration of what had become faded or disintegrated so that it seems like new. We renewed the splendor of the old castle, the old living room. Restore implies to return to an original state after depletion or loss. We restore to find piece of furniture. Refresh implies the supplying of something necessary to restore lost strength, ammunition, sorry, animation, animation, or power, a refreshing drink. We found on when I said I went hiking with Pete and Brian this weekend, and uh, I'm serious, it was a push. It was, it's one of the harder hikes that you can do, because in one section of the hike, you're going one mile and a thousand feet. That's a lot of feet in one mile. It's extreme. There's parts where you're literally crawling yourselves up roots and trees and the mountainside and your legs are getting tight. So we would take these things called electrolytes. We'd pour the powder in our water and try to drink that to keep the muscles from cramping up. 
That's the idea of restoring. We get depleted and we need to put something in our system that keeps us moving. The last word is rejuvenate. Suggest the restoration of youthful vigor, powers, or appearance. The change in jobs rejuvenated her spirits. My goal was to find a word that provided the idea to make like new. So whatever word you select, the idea is this. That we go to our Father to live through him, to live for him, and to do his will. As Jesus always said, not my will be done, but your will be done. So let's revisit our passage. Let's jump back into Mark 6 and see some of this restoration. Mark 6, verse 47. Later that night, the boat was in the middle of the lake, and he was alone on land. This is Jesus. Remember, Jesus went up the mountainside to pray. He told the disciples to go. They're in their boat. They're making their way across. He saw the disciples straining at the oars because the wind was against them. Pause for a moment. Another little Scott insight here. Here's another example. See, they're trying to get away to restore, to get away to a retreat, and the winds kick up. I promise you right now, if you make intentional efforts in your life to get away, the enemy's going to stir up the waters. Things are going to pop up. He's going to make it difficult. And you're like, oh, I'm not going to go. I don't, there's too many things going on. There's always going to be things going on. You keep striving and straining to get to that retreat. He saw them straining at the oars. Shortly before dawn, he went out to them and walked on the lake. I love that. By the way, he just walked on the lake, just walked on water. Jesus would, any, would win any cool conversation in a dinner party, dinner party about who's done the coolest thing. Well, the other day I was doing it. He'd be like, well, the other day I walked on some water, took a little stroll across the lake. You can't top that. He was about to pass by them, but when they saw him walk in the water, they thought he was a ghost and they cried out because they saw him and were terrified. Immediately he spoke to them and said, take courage as I don't be afraid. Here's my favorite passage. Then he climbed in the boat with them and the wind died down. I want you to understand that. That's the restore I'm talking about. When Jesus climbs into the boat with you, when you find intentional time with Jesus, he somehow seems to make the winds of your life die down. The storm cease, more clarity and perspective. They were completely amazed for they had not understood about the loaves because their hearts were hardened. So there's several things the disciples get tripped up and hung up on that they don't understand about Jesus or any of his ministry. Even the miracle of feeding the 5,000, they didn't understand the, the, the analogy of the loaves and feeding the people because the first thing Jesus told them was you feed them. They thought physically feed them. Jesus is thinking spiritually feed them. And so they got tripped up on this and it says here in the verse, it says they did not understand about the loaves for their hearts were hardened. What is it they don't see that Jesus is trying to get them to see? What is it they're not seeing they need that Jesus is trying to tell them they need and this is it? Jesus is trying to get them to understand, I'm not always going to be here for you. I'm leaving. See, the disciples, when, when the word hardened is used there in the Greek, it's like, it means like thick skinned. It's like, it actually, is an, it actually is used describing the skin of elephants' feet. I know that's what you all wanted to think about today. Really thick layers of skin that provide limited dexterity and feeling. See, the disciples came into this, what, what I call a confirmation bias. All their teaching, all their learnings, everything they have heard had told them the Messiah was going to be this. Restore Israel, set up the kingdom, overthrow Rome, restore us all to the glory of David. We were under David, King David. 
That's what they knew and thought. So that is the son of God that they claimed him to be, the Messiah that they were following, but that's not the son of God that Jesus knew he was going to be because he was going to be a sacrificial king. He was going to give them something better than a kingdom on earth. He was going to give them something more eternal than the restoration of Israel. And they didn't get that. Then more, more oftentimes neither do we because they had put their own biases, expectations, beliefs, whatever you want to call it, onto Jesus the Messiah. Folks, don't we do the same thing in our lives? We get busy with our lives doing, living, believing, doing, that we begin to pile on our own expectations or desires or wants or what Jesus should or shouldn't do. Remember those old bracelets, what would Jesus do? Most of us think that what will Jesus do is what we want him to do. You need to do this. You didn't do that. You should have done this. I wish you would have done that. Why didn't you do this? It's like a bad Dr. Seuss book. And what happens is we get stuck not understanding and we get hardened hearts. Not like in a negative way that we don't believe in Jesus, but in a way that we don't really have the clarity and perspective that he's trying to get us to see. And so that is why we need to be restored. We need to go and retreat to him. And when we climb in the boat with Jesus or he climbs in the boat with us and the winds die down, he can give us and restore to us his vision and his mission so that we are living for him through him to advance his mission, which is very simple to seek and to save those that are lost, to love a world and serve a world that he left for us. But we lose sight of that because we're humans, all right? And when we try, all right, to get away and we try to do things, we get discouraged. So this is just another illustration of they didn't get their whole debrief with God and now they're gonna get to the other side of the shore. The storm comes up, they're freaking out. What's going on? And Jesus has to calm them back down. What I want you to understand is this. You can restore yourselves earthly in a lot of ways. But what I'm trying to emphasize today is are you restoring yourself spiritually in the way God wants you to? Look at John 6, 35 through 38. I told you that they didn't understand the story of the loaves. John tells the same story that we're reading in Mark, but he puts in a different perspective and part of the story that Mark doesn't. And here's what he, Jesus meant by disciples, you didn't understand the loaves. And John shows Jesus explaining what they didn't get. Look at John 6, 35. Then Jesus declared, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never go hungry. And whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. But as I told you, you have seen me and still you do not believe. That's also you do not understand. You don't get it. All those that the Father gives me will come to me. And whoever comes to me, I will never drive them away. For I have come down from heaven. Not to do, not to do my will, but to do the will of him who sent me. To do the will of him who sent me. We need to be restored with that mindset. Even Jesus, in verse 45, it says, he went up to the mountainside to pray and he was alone up there with his father to be reminded and restored of, here's what I'm doing. This is hard work. I don't think Jesus found the miracles and the healings and all that exhausting. I think what's exhausting is the people he loved not getting the message and the mission that he was trying to get them to see. And we are not different from that. 
You can't put all the blame on the disciples. We're much the same way today. And after being restored, he climbed into the boat with them and died down the winds. He said, take courage, it is I. Restore is the idea that we find time with Jesus and our Father to help calm the winds. Let us be sure that we are not retreating with the idea that it's only about my needs and my desires and that we're putting our expectations on God, but rather it's about restoring our hearts and minds to his needs and his desires. And as Jesus said in his last moments, not my will be done, but your will be done. This is why we need to retreat with Jesus, restore with God, return with purpose. So what does it mean to return? Because once we've been restored and we've retreated, there is a return. Sometimes we get to choose when we get a return. Other times, things choose for us when to return. Have you ever had a little vacation or a little time away just get interrupted? All right. Maybe you're a parent and your time away, you know, is a bath. Maybe your life is so hectic that time of away is just actually getting to sit on the toilet by yourself with the door locked. And then it's immediately a knock on the door. Maybe you've gotten away for a week and just by yourself to enjoy some time and you get a phone call from work or family, hey, you gotta come home, something's happening. There's things that interrupt our return. We don't always get a return with a nice little, oh, everything's great. There's a thing in camp ministry we called the camp high. Have you ever heard of this, the camp high? We take kids, I've always said in my life, I've spent a big bulk of my life taking young people into the wilderness either on camp retreats or up the mountains or on the rivers. I've spent a lot of my time doing this. And I've told people, you can accomplish more with a kid in a week away from everything that you can with a year in Sunday school. But the thing is that when you retreat to go do that and you have these moments, you have these encounters with God and you recognize what he truly has in store for you and wants for you and you come back in that reentry, that reentry can be tough. That return can be like a splash of cold water. And over time, things fade and things die out. And we kind of fall back to our normal patterns again. So when we return, we have to be on guard for that. And return in a way that we, we can't live at that high all the time. We don't get back so low as to where we were before. Let's pick up our story in Mark 6, 53. Mark 6, 53. When they had crossed over, they landed at Gennesaret and anchored there. As soon as they got out of their boat, people recognized Jesus. They ran throughout the whole region and carried the sick on mats to wherever they heard he was. And wherever he went into villages, towns, and countrysides, they placed the sick into the marketplaces. They begged him to get to let them touch even the edges of his cloak, and all who touched him were healed. They couldn't get away to even get away. They were really trying to get away a little bit longer and immediately people recognized them. My kids laugh because I've done a lot of different jobs in my life, but it seems like everywhere we go, I run into somebody I know. You run into somebody that knew me as a youth pastor or a teacher or from here or something else or the football teams and basketball teams I coach. You run into people you know everywhere. And maybe you're in a situation where it feels like, I just can't get away, Scott. I just always get dragged back into things. What I want to encourage you is don't quit trying. But what I talk about here is return is just as Jesus and the disciples had returned from their brief retreat, renewed and refocused on their father's work, we are no different. 
As a teacher, software engineer, lawyer, real estate agent, cashier, whatever it is you do in life, and you try to take some time off when you return, you're immediately going to be faced with everything you left behind because it doesn't change. You may come back changed. That doesn't mean the things you come back to have been changed. And so hopefully you've been restored to a point where you can be the change agent God wants you to be, the change agent in your children's lives, the change agent in your spouse's life, the change agent wherever he places you doing whatever it is you do. Because ministry is not just having the title of a pastor and working for a church. Ministry is everything you and I do as believers in the world that God places us. And we're called to return to that world restored and ready to live like Jesus, through Jesus, for Jesus, going about our Father's business. We're just seeking to save those that are lost. To love and serve a world of people. That's what we need to do. Know that the energy you bring on your return from retreat with God can be fleeting. So you need to be prepared to prepare yourself to continue to find those moments throughout the day that you're reconnecting with God. Because while those are significant, they're different than the retreat. Those are those moments that keep reminding what it is you learned on your retreat. What it is that God restored you with the message he gave you. So you continue to return and be the person that he wants you to be. Only the presence of the Lord can renew, restore, and revitalize, reinvigorate, and reestablish our spirits. Only the Spirit of God and the breath of heaven can make dry bones walk again, as Ezekiel says. I want to pay attention to the wisdom of Jesus. We all need times to retreat, especially when the busyness of life threatens to overwhelm us. In fact, sometimes we need to retreat most desperately and precisely in the busiest times of our life. We have mastered the art of me time. Calming spaces, girls' night out, guys' night out, yoga classes, CrossFit, whatever it is that restores or refreshes you. However, we live in a time where our downtime is consumed by the digital offerings of TikTok, Instagram, Netflix, Disney+, Hulu, whatever streaming, ser streaming service that automatically gets debited from my account each month that I can't keep track of them all. And I love all of them. But are we really sitting in a quiet place alone with God? And my hope for you is that you recognize how consumed you are with the noise and busyness of life. And that our momentary stepping away, while they're good and they're essential and they're necessary, God has a better pattern for you. God has a better intent for you. We can't all walk around like George Costanza's father on Seinfeld when things are getting crazy and just go, serenity now, and pretend everything's okay. There's got to be moments for retreat, to restore and return. Because perhaps we're trying to refill with our earthly selves, with our earthly diversions, we're no earthly good at times we need to be. These are not bad diversions of things that we do. They're just not what God had in mind when he wanted us to retreat. He wants solitude for our souls. He wants to reach into our hearts and our souls and remind what he's written on them from the beginning of time. That I am here for you. I am with you. 
We must retreat with Jesus and to Jesus. Have him climb into the boat with us. Have him calm the winds of our lives and remind us that we are here to seek and save the lost by loving God and loving others. We see that Jesus modeled this idea of retreating to a quiet place, restoring his soul, and returning to his Father's work. In our summer journey with Jesus, I'm positive that he would come to us and he would say, as he did to the disciples, come with me by yourselves to a quiet place. Are you giving yourselves the opportunity to retreat with Jesus? Are you giving yourself the opportunity and space for him to have solitude with your soul? Arbor, Jesus wants to climb into the boat with you. He wants to sit down with you and share with you things that we're too busy to hear. He wants you to get the message that we don't seem to be getting, that we are here now and he's here with us while he might be gone physically, spiritually he's here. Let's make sure that we do as he did. We retreat with Jesus, we restore with God, we return with purpose. I'm going to praise the band here to come up. Allison, is that what's next? Yep, let's pray. God, I thank you for our time today. I thank you that you gave us this pattern in life that you practice and that you exercise, Lord. Um, I pray that we would be finding times just to just get away and put everything on hold so we could just focus on time with you, God. Thank you for those times in the day that many of us do that throughout the day with daily habits. But Lord, this is more of an essential getting away to rest our souls so we can be restored by you to come back and return to the work to do fully the way you want us to do. Thank you for modeling for us, Jesus. May we continue to practice what it is you model and we live it out ourselves. In Jesus' name, amen.